Hey community, in today's episode, Matt Redman sits down with Matt McCoy to talk about worship leading, tips for songwriting. They talk about 10,000 reasons and how worship has changed since it released over 10 years ago and a whole bunch more. We hope you enjoy the interview. You can get the master tracks for Lamb of God, Matt Redman's new album on loopcommunity.com. What's up, Loop Community? Welcome to this week's edition of Loop Live. My name is Matt McCoy. I'm the founder of loopcommunity.com. And I'm really excited to talk with our guest today, Matt Redman. He released a new album today called Lamb of God. We're going to talk about that and also just some general questions just about his life and songwriting and worship leading. So what are we waiting for? Let's just jump into this. Let's bring in Matt Redman. Matt, it's good to see you again. Great to see you. Man, it's been a while. You know, we've done a few interviews before, and it's funny because... When I do these interviews, I actually really, I love to, if we've ever met before and we've taken a picture together, I like to pull that up just for like old time's <laughs> sake. And there you go. I was looking through my photos and I, we have no photos together, even though like, oh, which is crazy because like, I remember meeting when I was, when I was probably 12 years old, 13 years old yeah. at worship conferences. And I don't know. That's crazy. I was, I was, I had a really funny one of me and Tomlin that I showed Chris last yeah. week. And Were you, uh, you were probably taller than him at 12 years old. <laughs> yeah. But man, I, um, I couldn't find a picture of you and I. So we're going to have to take one next time we're together. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, by the way, it's very impressive. You were at worship conferences from the age of 12. I was. Yeah. Impressive. Just my mom was dragging me around. Yeah. Pastor's kid, you know, and she's just like, you have to go to these worship conferences. And But Love you've, you've impacted my worship leading for many, many years um, from afar and I've always enjoyed conversations with you. And uh, I would love to know, tell the worship leaders here just a little bit about how you started leading worship. And specifically, is there someone who taught you or inspired you? Yeah, you know, I kind of started leading because I needed to. And, And what I mean by that is I got into learning worship songs at home and playing these songs at home and eventually writing songs because I needed to. It was, I had some turbulent years in, in the teenage years of stuff that was happening in our family. And I noticed that these songs we were singing at church were like the most helpful thing for me, like the calmest I ever felt in the week or the most peace or, or sense of like things are going to be all right. Yeah. That would just be at, when we were singing these worship songs at church. So that's really the motivation for me grabbing a guitar trying to learn some of it so I could play some of these simple songs at home. And that turned into me writing songs too. But yeah, it was uh, before I ever got forced to get up the front and <laughs> actually lead some of these songs, uh, which actually happened in the in the youth group to begin with, I was already just singing them at home because I just found them so stabilizing. Yeah. And was there someone that you looked up to or was there someone that was leading worship at that time that was really inspiring to you or writing songs that yeah i mean i was surrounded by some great people we had some lovely worship leaders in our church um two lady worship leaders both called shirley which is unusual sure is. <laughs> shirley and yeah. then uh, a few other people and then um you know the pastors were really into worship and then we would have visitors from other streams of the church i was in the anglican church but one big um lasting impression that was made was when the vineyard um group came over from california and it was this music like i'd never heard before and just the sense of okay we're not just singing 
um, about God now are actually uh, we're singing to him and this is kind of cool and there was even another dynamic which I guess I couldn't have put into words at the time but it was just this people of God in the presence of God pouring out the praise of God there was an expectation to encounter him yeah. which was brand new for me so I was just surrounded by good people and then at the age of 15 I think it was I uh, was at this conference called New Wine 89 and it was uh, you know nice little rhymey thing there i didn't i think they were tempted the next year to call it god almighty 1990 <laughs> i don't know it'd be yeah. nice if it rhymed every year but you yeah. know um but this new 189 conference um and this guy called andy park was over from vineyard movement and he, yeah you i was this you know 15 year old guy trying to find my way and he very kindly spent an hour with me and was just super encouraging and some other yeah. great people on that team and then the person engineering the uh live record was martin smith from delirious and oh, i actually wow. met martin for the first time then got to know him really good over the next few years and my first couple of projects he ended up producing but he yeah. was a you know he was so far ahead in terms of constructing a song and trying to get heart into a song and yeah. talk to god in a passionate way and so honestly I was just in a lovely environment where there was a lot of good stuff going on, a lot of good people to learn some cues from. Yeah. That was kind of a glorious time in worship music. It was just felt so fresh. I mean, when you mentioned Vineyard and my mom actually just sent me a text a couple of days ago about this movie that's coming out, the Jesus, I think it's called Jesus revolution. Yeah. Um, yeah. About Southern California, where you're in Southern California now, but you know, with Calvary chapel and Vineyard and, and all this music, I grew up in San Diego as a vineyard pastor's kid. And I was also surrounded by vineyard music constantly. And um, I just, I just think back to that, to that kind of time frame. And yeah. those songs, man, just were just, were so sweet. Yeah. Sweet there was a little answer. run there. That, you know, for anyone old enough, there was, they remember this touching the father's heart um, yeah. series of, of uh, worship albums. And the yeah. first three, they just knocked me off my feet. I think there was, I don't know what order they came in. I think Jesus, Holy and Anointed One, and then oh, maybe it was Unto the King first, and there was a, one called We As Out Your Name. And those three, wow. they were just so rich. They were, they were reverent, they were intimate, they were joyful, and yeah. there were just some great songs on there. And honestly, um, yeah, yeah. I, I hung around that movement a lot. I remember hearing Brian Dirks and, yeah. speak on uh, worship songwriting probably even before I was really doing much of it and went along to his seminar and I mean he he was just taking his art seriously I thought he's a guy he's not just um you know Michael Stipe from REM he he described his songwriting process as um vomiting out whatever comes to me like a cat with a hairball and sometimes we can be like that I guess you know yeah something's happening yeah. inside and here it goes it comes out but what I liked about Brian was it was very thought out. There was a creative contending for a song and shaping a song and getting it ready for congregational purpose. And again, just it was amazing being in my late teens, hearing someone who was so far ahead and yeah. talk about their craft and their process. It was amazing. Yeah. So I, I do want to talk about your new album, Lamb of God, that came out today. Um, but before we get there, most people maybe if who are listening to this, maybe know you from your name on the chord chart, you know, if some song they're singing, they see Matt Redman or they've seen you on stage leading worship, but can you give us a glimpse into the, maybe just like the, 
personal, like real reality world of Matt Redman? Like what does a normal work week, like a normal week look like for you as far as songwriting? Is there school drop off going on? Is there, are you in charge of pancakes in the morning? Like what does a normal <laughs> day or week look like for you? Well, um, I've, I'm married and I have five kids, two of them are at college and um, the rest are teenagers. So it's, there's never a dull moment. There's always a lot going. I'll tell you one thing. There's a lot of admin. If you move country, the amount of times we move country <laughs> and you have yeah. seven people in your family, you won't believe how often something needs renewing a passport Passports, or, yeah. or something or some visa of some kind. So honestly, there's a lot of, you know, normal life admin and all that stuff. Um, I think I love it that songwriting shows up more than ever for me now. Um, there's a lot of people coming in to co-write here or this, even this area here in Orange County, there's a lot of people mm-hmm. taking that seriously and the joy to hang out with people from different streams of the church and do that. And um, pickleball has become a feature in my life. The uh, We actually have this, um, there's a lot of worship leaders playing pickleball out here in yeah. Orange County. And, uh, yeah. and it's actually been so unifying. I mean, literally... Yeah. Um, being one time where I'm playing in a game and there's one guy from, you know, Pentecostal church and I'm with a guy from the reform stream of the church and, we, yeah. and there's someone else and we're, we're having this game and I'm just chuckling thinking this is, yeah. who knew that pickleball was such a unifying force in the kingdom of God. And yeah, uh, it's so, so good. The scoring is so complicated though. I went and took a class <laughs> with my brother-in-law recently and we were yeah. like, the scoring yeah, takes, takes a while to get your head around that third number. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, just all the normal stuff, and and I love um, I love getting to write with all sorts of different. Part of me, the variety is a spice of life. They say, right? And when it comes to songwriting, yeah. for sure, you know, I could be writing with someone from the kind of gospel expression. Or this week, I had uh, um, Michael Tate and Adam Adrian from Newsboys, and they were just coming through time uh, through town and said, "Hey, we got this day. Do you want to write?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'd love to." And it would. Because it's again, it's just something different, and often it's just with congregational worship leaders. Are just working on a song over email right now with a, with a guy from Nigeria, and um, yeah. you know. So I, I love the getting to jump into all sorts of different expressions and streams. Yeah, I love. That. Where do you typically write at? Do you have a place you go to, or do you write at home? Um, a few different places. Calvary Chapel over in Costa Mesa have been very generous. Mm-hmm. Let me write there a good bit. Um, sometimes at Mariners Church, uh, and sometimes as a studio. There's a little plug here, but a great studio called Gold Pacific um, Studios. It's yeah. and it's the uh, the great thing about the studio is a two minute walk to the beach. You walk across the street from this studio, wow. and you're on the beach. So that's awesome. That's a blessing. So tell us about your new album. Came out today, Lamb of God. Was this a live? So I've seen some video. Was this yeah. an entirely live album recorded in that same location? Like it was, tell us about it. Yes. Yeah. So uh, we decided we want to do a live album again. I just like how the songs breathe. And honestly, if they're going to end yeah. up, you know, being a congregational, you might as well record them that way, right? It kind yeah. of helps define what they are and what they could sound like. And yeah. um, so we had these new songs and I had my eye on this place called The Mission in San Juan Capistrano uh, down here in Southern California. It's uh, this beautiful place. Uh, it's part of its ruins, part of its um, still standing. And there's a, the, the chapel there is the oldest standing working building in the whole of California. 
Um, the mission itself is basically the birthplace of, of what we now call Orange County, founded 1776. So I thought, oh, man, I love this place. It would be so great to record here. And honestly, that it was a bit of a closed door to begin with. They, you know, they got their own stuff going on. They don't really need a lot of outside stuff coming in. They, they're, they're carrying a lot already. But yeah. through some beautiful twists and turns and a, a little breakthrough, uh, that door ended up opening up in a, in a wonderful way. And we went in there for the day, had the place recorded in a couple of different spots in there. And just, it was a beautiful place to worship. And so I love how it all came together. Yeah. Um, we got new songs. Um, the cross, the centrality of the cross really become a big theme, almost to the point where I was fighting it. When it got to like five or six songs heading strongly in that direction, I was like, Honestly, is this too much? And then <laughs> yeah. I thought, what a pastor told me years ago is, look, look, we're going to sing about the cross every single week that we gather. So yeah. having some new songs is going to be helpful. So yeah. So I decided not to fight it and just go with it. And it even turned into, um, as well as being a thread running through the yeah. record, it's it's on the, the artwork and it's in the title. The artwork's actually a lovely little story as well. Um, we, we decided to call the album Lamb of God. And then... Yeah. Uh, I thought about a photo that my daughter had taken. She's at Wheaton College in Chicago, and there's an artist there um, called David J.P. Hooker, and he had taken um, from an old derelict church, they'd let him have this corpus, this statue of, of Christ on the cross, uh, and he'd taken it, and he'd gone around um, the college campus and collected bags of debris from um, vacuum bags, yeah. Uh, because he knew that in there would be like people's skin and people's hair, people's skin cells and hair and all that yeah. stuff. So we're in those bags. And then he covered the corpus in that as a sign that we, you know, all of our sin was placed on Christ. And wow. and my daughter took this photo of, of that piece. So when we were looking for a, wow. um, album artwork idea, it was like, Oh, this would make perfect sense. And I love the fact it has some meaning. So right yeah. from the artwork through the songs, uh, the centrality of the cross is, running right through the heartbeat of this record and yeah. um, got some guests in there, David Funk, Matt Meyer, um, yeah. and just, I think probably, I think I added up to like 23 songwriters and just an wow. amazing team all around. So I'm wow. looking forward to people hearing these songs. Is there a specific song that you're really excited about that you're looking forward to hearing, you know, people play in church? I mean, That's I'm kind of fond one. of the Son of Suffering song just because, because yeah. I, I really, you know, sometimes you're aiming for something and then you often you don't quite hit it. Yeah. And Son of Suffering is one where I carried in my heart for a while this idea for that song. Mm. And I feel like we actually achieved what we were trying to achieve in terms of portraying yeah. something of the heart of God. Um, in fact, initially I was carrying the idea of blood, sweat and tears. And mm. I was thinking about sweat, like Jesus turning over the tables in the, in the yeah. temple. And then I was at this writing retreat. I was walking to the room and I was thinking about that idea. And I thought, you know what? If I drop the sweat bit, this thing gets a whole lot easier. Yeah. The sweat thing's yeah. making this complicated. <laughs> I've been trying for two years to write that song. Yeah. And God's kindness, he's like, hey, just drop the sweat bit. And <laughs> yeah. then it became a blood and tears like this. How can it be? You know, there's a God who weeps. There's a God who bleeds. This this idea of 
okay, now it's a song about the solidarity of God with our pain, His how he identifies with us, our suffering, how he himself was called, you know, man of sorrows, one who was familiar with suffering, who was acquainted with grief. And just yeah. the, the idea of the song, like, crystallized. So I got in that room with yeah. David Fung, Aaron Moses, and Nate Moore, and this thing came to life in just over an hour. And it, So I'm fond of that one. I love the it's title. It's an incredible song. Oh, thanks, mate. Thank it's you. incredible. Oh, thanks, man. I love it's yeah, it's definitely one where it felt like, okay, we got yeah. we got where we were trying to head with that. Um, I've been leading that. Lamb of at our God, church. the album title. Yeah, Lamb of God. Oh, that's yeah, another yeah. great one. I'm loving leading that. Um yeah. Um and funnily enough, we have a brand new version of Heart of Worship on there, which is a over two yeah. decades old. But wow. we've been leading it a bit different recently, just stripped it all back again, but this time yeah. Got a bit more of a kind of vocoder vibe to it, so uh, yeah. we decided to put that on there too. That's awesome. Well, it's it's an amazing, amazing record. You know, it's you bring up part of worship and think about how long ago that song was, and you're still yeah. playing it. Um, yeah, and it's so powerful. I was actually at a worship night a couple weeks ago, and they started the whole night with playing that song just on oh, amazing. guitar. But it's funny because I I didn't lead it for years. I wasn't really leading it, and then in lockdown. I just had a lot of people reaching out saying, Hey, I'm leading the mm. song again. Something about when everything stripped away, I think just resonated yeah. Yeah. Uh, with what people were feeling. And um, yeah, I led it recently at an event with uh, no one in the room was older than the song. Uh, you know, oh. everyone in the room, yeah. it was right. a circuit riders, <laughs> circuit riders event here in Southern California. Yeah. Yeah. They, they asked me, Hey, can we do this song? And I was like, you sure like people gonna know this they weren't even born when this was yeah written. they were even born and uh, so we started leading it again yeah and it's one that just that. keeps going forever and it will so and i think Ten Thousand reasons is another one of those and i was just wondering you know so think back to like how to, to the here i am to worship uh days not here i'm to worship hard to worship days oh yeah that's that's <laughs> different that's guy Timothy different Hughes, british guy <laughs> i'll take it hard to worship guy um or even like the 10,000 Reasons album, which by the way, that was an amazing album as well. Another live. Um, how would you say like this album and worship music has changed from like the 10,000 Reasons album to this one? Like the types of songs yeah. or the songwriting? Like Great question. Great question. Um, I feel like 10,000 Reasons around that time, this little door opened up for being acceptable to write slightly more hymny worship songs, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah, I was following the footsteps of people doing that. But, you know, if you think about um, songs now that have arrived like King of Kings or Living yeah. Hope, there's definitely yeah. a permission to have a few more verses and <laughs> yeah. to have it slightly more hymnic, if you like. And um, yeah. so I love that's that. one thing. I mean, yeah, I mean, I did think that there's a lot of people taking it real seriously now, like really trying to contend for a well-crafted song and, a song that says something. And I yeah. think, and I, I think that's wonderful. Um, you know, for me, I think I'm learning more than ever that the co-writing thing is just the hugest blessing. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, people always ask me, do you, do you get writer's block? And I say, well, no, actually, and that sounds arrogant, but the reason is, yeah. is not arrogant. The reason is because of other people is co-writing. Yeah. It's getting a room with other people. And even when you've got nothing to throw into the pot that day, you know, they've got something and then it stirs you up and all of a sudden there's a momentum to the whole thing. And um, yeah. so I think in terms of what's changed, um, yeah, I'm encouraged mm-hmm. that we're not there yet, but we're definitely contending for lyrics that are um, 
going a bit deeper and all that kind of thing. And that's encouraging. Yeah. Um, yeah. When you and, write, and even, oh, sorry, mate. Go. I was just going to ask you when you do co-writes, do you, do you write always in person or is it over Skype or like zoom? Wow. Skype. I really dated myself there, but is it like over <laughs> like zoom or do you guys just use like the notes app on the phone? Like how does, how does that work? My favorite by far is in person. You just yeah. you can't really beat that. Even in lockdown, honestly, yeah. I would write with people I knew really well, but e- even then it was, um, yeah, it's a little tricky sometimes to get into the flow in the same way. You're kind of reading each other more than you think in a song out room, right? You're reading yeah. response to your idea or body language or, you yeah. know, what's the energy level in this room even, you know, and, um, so that stuff's important, but but I do, yeah, now and again, like I mentioned earlier, I'm writing with a guy from Nigeria right now who a mutual friend got us in touch and yeah. I thought, yeah, I'd love that. Obviously, we're not going to be able to write in person, but yeah, I, I love when that happens. And I think um, I was reading recently the, the uh, City of Light guys from Sydney, uh, Australia. A lot of people know some of their songs mm-hmm. recently, like Yet and I, Christ in Me, and... Yeah. One thing they said in an interview, which I loved, was like, don't hurry, don't rush. Um, like, you know, the song doesn't have to be finished in two hours. Maybe maybe yeah. just live with it and keep revisiting it and keep reshaping it. And, and you know, just we, we're definitely not going for quantity here. We've got to go for quality. And so uh, I love that. Um, that's something when you're writing distance-wise, you tend – you tend to write it over a longer period of time. And sometimes, sometimes that's really helpful. The thing about yeah. being in person is like, there's this pressure. Well, you know, this guy's got to leave at 4 PM and we've got to have the song substantially done by then. Um, you know, we can revisit, but there's definitely a mentality. And I, one thing I have liked about writing uh, over zoom or an email or something is um, it seems to sometimes be a longer process where you're dipping in and out and reviewing and, um, so slowly chip it away at the song. Man, I mean, you've written so many, so many good songs. I was actually listening this morning. I don't know if you, I don't know if, does this music, can you hear this? Oh, no way. Can you hear that? Yeah, mate. <laughs> oh, man. That is such can a good Can I one. ascend? Yeah, I haven't heard that for at least a decade, probably. More. Yeah. Do you ever, you never play that one? No, mate. I've even forgotten oh, about man. that. I wrote that. That's the bad well, thing now. <laughs> yeah. You've got There's, some uh, amazing, you know, Lord Let Your Glory Fall. Do you play that one still? You know what? I led that last year uh, twice. Uh, I hadn't led it for years and years. In fact, someone asked me to lead it. And I, and I was leading it thinking, yeah, I like this song. It's cool. That one is, I, I'd have such a clear memory of being at a youth camp when I was like 13 or 14 and then playing that song. And oh, it just being like the anthem of that fall retreat. Love that. That's so the one where the verses are like in 7-4 or something. Yeah, it's like some people, crazy time signature. People thought I was clever <laughs> musically, but I just did it by mistake. I just couldn't work <laughs> out why I couldn't play along with it. You know? Oh, my <laughs> and, God. Uh, that is so funny. So I've, if you could go back and tell a younger version of yourself, and maybe it's like even back to like that time period, Can I Ascend? You know, maybe even a little bit before that. If you go back and tell a younger version of yourself some advice for the road ahead, or a younger worship leader, what would you say? You know, I'd say, hey, there's this thing called social media coming. 
And it's going to make it a little bit harder it's for you to hard, keep yeah. your motives pure. And uh, it's going to be, you're going to have to pay a bit more attention to, um, you yeah. know, just just uh, not making yourself the center yeah. of it. And uh, because honestly, like I grew up doing this thing. There was no social media in, in England where I was. There wasn't even really a big Christian music industry. So some of the enticements and the, you know, figuring out, how to carry kingdom values in the middle of all of that wasn't really so much of an issue. Um, and so these days though, I think like if you're starting out in this thing, this, you know, we just, there's never been more opportunity to self celebrate, self congratulate, self obsess, you know, and becomes a lot harder to really figure out your motives. Like even for me today, I was talking with a friend this morning. I was like, you know, the album came out, today and last night I went for a long walk and I was just trying to set my heart and make sure yeah I'm approaching this in the right way and and make sure that I really am wanting it to be about Jesus and you know because our motives are sneaky little things you know you can think you have a you're doing it for the right reasons but sometimes you pull back you think actually am I trying to build the Matt Redmond thing here and instead of you know am I, am I really full-on is this all about Jesus and his glory and you know, we're all a mixed bag, aren't we, when it comes to that stuff? And we have to keep asking the Holy Spirit to work on us and we have to be ruthless with our hearts. And, you know, it, it's um, it's important for me sometimes just to get down on my knees, remember who this is about, who it's not, because it's not, you know, something like when a record comes out, um, there's so many elements at play. You've worked hard on that and you believe in these songs and you hope they can help people. So you, there's part of you who wants to, put those to the forefront, you know, yeah. try and get around them, get some awareness around them. There's another part was like, mm. Hey, I, I don't want to, I don't want to be in the center of this thing. I don't want it to be about me. And I've got a lot to gain from this doing well. So I need to really ruthlessly check my heart here. And, um, yeah, I think, yeah. So I, in a long answer, but I guess I would say, Hey, yep. Navigating this world yeah. is going to be, a little bit trickier and the key is like yes we want to get our worship into the world but we want to make sure that uh, the world doesn't get into our worship wow that's so good that's really really good okay, i uh matt this might be a kind of a weird thing to bring up but i just kind of was thinking about it just as you were talking about that because i i will say that as a younger worship leader when i was like 12 13 like you were definitely the most influential like person for me that I was looking to as a songwriter, as a worship leader, I remember going and watching you lead worship and just like the purity and the way that you led and the humility um, and the just rawness in a way, like, like you were just, you were leading people in worship. It wasn't like a performance or anything like that. And I ought to say that like, it really, really impacted me and has, changed really a lot of the course in my life a lot like my whole life has been kind of all about worship and helping worship leaders and i've wanted to write songs and lead worship like ever since i was like 12 years old watching you and it's it's kind of funny because today i actually released a song of my own that i i haven't released music in a long time no way and um what's the song what was the song it's called finish what you started 
And I'll send you a link later. Um, But it's kind of cool that I get to talk to you on that day, even though this is about your own. This is not about my music. No, I love that. That's awesome. The only reason I bring this up is because you said something that like, you know, you went on a walk and you were talking about how just really making sure that you're setting your heart right about the motive behind it. Yeah. And uh, I was actually really getting down on myself this morning because I realized that the way that I distributed the music basically... (laughs) It was a fatal flaw and no one's going to probably ever hear it <laughs> uh, for a very long story short. But, um, yeah. and I was like, you know what, God, like I did this really just for, because I love writing songs. Um, and these are just like personal prayers to you. And I was like, God, if you want someone to hear this, you're going to like land this in the right person's feed and yeah. they're going to hear it. That. And that's all that matters. Like it's completely out of my hands at that point. And I think the same thing with your album as well. Like, it's going to go to the right churches around the world where it needs to be. Yep. Yes. Yeah. And we've both been in this long enough to know that you can go chasing this down and trying to yeah. manipulate and make it happen. And you'll just be chasing your tail. And even if it does get some momentum, you'll never know if it was you or God, you know? Yeah. So the best thing is really just to try and chase obedience rather than significance. Yeah. And wow. just do your best, work your hardest, you know, yeah. and, and, and then just let him do the rest. And honestly, yeah. um, I love what you're saying there because anything that I look back on, I think, man, that was really meaningful and life-changing or long-lasting. You, you know, that wasn't really the hand of Matt Redmond. You know, it was the hand <laughs> yeah. of God. Yeah. Like you've got stories that come back from songs. You think there's no way I could have made right. that happen. That's definitely God at work. And they're the satisfying ones. You know, anyone can read a chart, you know, this many people showed up to this, or we sold this many of this, or this song's got to this number on this thing, you know, who cares? You know, like at the end of the day, I love the stuff you can't put on charts. I love the stuff that is the, the really special stuff, the stuff that's like um, immeasurable. It's like the hand of God. And this song went into this person's life at this time. And it, it was a soundtrack that, help them in an immense way you're like that doesn't go on a chart and that right. definitely is the holy spirit at work and that's amazing even just to be a tiny part of that yeah and i would much rather have it be god than like me pushing yeah. things to make it happen and it is interesting there's that. so many stories of that where there's just like one song that for some reason yeah. god's like i want yes. the world to sing that one yeah. and he just like blows it around the whole world you know i'm thinking the of like per- a reckless the love you know it's huge yeah yeah, that's so true. Perfect example for me is the hymn, uh, How Great Thou Art, you know, Then Sings My Soul. Yeah. This guy, this Swedish guy just wrote this poem and put it in the newspaper. It was just a poem about God. And he didn't even know that this song had taken wings and was flying wow. all around the world. And, uh, and it was just a great thing. He didn't go, he was just, it was all devotion. And it was nothing about world domination. It was all about wow. God devotion. And I loved that. That's pretty amazing. So, gosh, Matt, I appreciate you even taking the time to have this conversation. I know it's a busy day for you. And um, I just want to say congrats on the album. And thank you for just like, keep going. Thank you for continuing to go (laughs) for decades. You've been going, you've been writing and leading. And just thanks for doing that because you're giving the church so many uh, good prayers to sing. And uh, I get to lead them every weekend and I'm thankful for it. Thanks, man. That means a ton. I, I love doing this. And, and I've always and seen you as like a pastor of worship leaders. Like oh, I, thanks, mate. 
I've been to, I can't even tell you countless songwriting things where you've been talking or teaching, uh, coaching kind of pastor, uh, worship leaders. I remember the vineyard in Columbus, you doing a whole thing on. Oh yeah. You were there. Yeah. I think I still have the tape cassettes, believe it or not, in a box somewhere of your workshop. When they used to sell the cassettes for those back in yeah, the day. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. We did these Man. songwriting and theology things. Yeah. So you, that, but that, you've been doing it a long time. And I just want to say yeah, thank I you for that. Thank you Thanks, for continuing. Man. I mean, I, I can't, I'm so grateful. I still get to do this. Honestly, I love it. I love it. The, uh, that weird thing where you've been going at this for decades and you're just scratching the surface of who Jesus is, you know, and you think, yeah. I mean, I don't know how many songs I've written about the cross. It's, it's gotta be between a hundred and 200 and there's wow. still so much more to say. I mean, he's, it, isn't that amazing um, yeah. in terms of who he is that we just yeah. doing our best and writing song <laughs> after song and we're still just scratching the surface yeah. it's just a little whisper compared to the thunder of his true glory so wow i love doing yeah. it and I, I don't think i'll ever get tired of it it is amazing well thanks great matt it was great to see you again you too man love Keep to get to happen awesome yeah good to see you thanks. again and next time hopefully it'll be in person we can actually get like a picture or something and <laughs> let's do that so let's All right, play man. pickleball yes get a photo. you can keep the score <laughs> Okay, I will not keep track of that. Fantastic. All right, man. Thanks. Thanks we'll man. see you soon. Appreciate you. All right, you guys. Great, such a great conversation with Matt Redman. You guys go check out his new album, Lamb of God. Go check it out on iTunes or uh, Apple Music, Spotify. Go get it. Also, if you're not playing Son of Suffering at your church, you are missing out big time. That is for sure. I, in my opinion, I think that's the best worship song out right now. Son of Suffering. Incredible. All right. Stay tuned for the next Loop Live. Hit the subscribe button. We'll see you next time. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Matt McCoy. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. Hey, it means so much to us when you let us know what you thought. Write down in the comments what you learned from this episode, anything else that you found encouraging from this episode. Glad you guys are listening to the podcast. Hope to provide to you a lot of helpful content as you lead worship. See you soon.